There is a growing frustration with the political debate over Brexit. Political debate has been closed down. It's as if we're all living in a straitjacket. Some 48% of those who took part in the referendum voted to remain in the European Union. And yet their views are underrepresented in the elected Chamber of Parliament. Not because there are not members of Parliament who hold those same views, but there are members of Parliament who seem to be unable to give voice to those concerns. The totem of the referendum trumps all discussion. We must not, we are told, question the decision of voters. Yet that is exactly what should be done. It's called democracy. Democracy isn't simply a vote taken at a particular time. It is also a free exchange, a free debate. And another element of democracy is that people can change their minds. That is the essence of democracy, particularly when you're taking one of the most momentous decisions for generations that will affect future generations. Instead, the debate has been closed down. Business after business after business is now reflecting their concern to the government. They have stayed relatively quiet in the political maelstrom following the referendum. But increasingly, they are concerned that just a few months from Brexit date, we still have no plan for Brexit. Does the government really know what it's doing? I doubt it. I suspect you do too. Politicians seem to be afraid to tell us the truth. We're not being informed. The leader of the opposition, Jeremy Corbyn, refuses to acknowledge that his own party was and remains overwhelmingly in favour of remaining in the European Union. He cannot and will not lead his party on this vital issue. His troops are expected to fall in line with vagueness. Leadership takes courage. The courage sometimes to say what might be unpopular. The courage sometimes to tell the truth as you see it. Jeremy Corbyn's scepticism about membership of the European Union is of course well known and he has been criticised for his lacklustre engagement during the referendum campaign. I understand his reluctance. I understand his concerns about the European Union. The truth about Brexit is that it doesn't produce an ideal. Brexit is not an ideal. It is a break. The question is whether following that break we are able to create something that is more worthwhile than being a member of the European Union. I'm not in favour of the cosy economic clubs that we have belonged to for the last several decades, decade after decade after decade. We have followed the neoliberal myths of growth as if there was something magic in growth. We followed the neoliberal myths of free trade as if trade is really free and that it is inherently good. So here are these two neoliberal myths 
the myth of world trade, global trade, and growth being inherently good. But they're only good if they are directed. Growth is only good if all can share in it. But also growth is only good if it doesn't further damage our planet. The same is true of so-called free trade. Global free trade harms our planet. It is one of the biggest killers of our forests. So I can understand the reluctance to continue with this cosy relationship with the European Union. I can understand the antagonism. But simply breaking the system and then hoping that something good follows is not the answer. So although I have been in favour of remaining in the European Union, I don't want us to remain and then continue to follow the same path. On the contrary, I want us to remain and work with our European partners to produce a different approach to world trade, a different approach to growth. One of the problems with the financial crisis, 2008-2009, was that it created the erroneous illusion that somehow the only thing that needed fixing was the financial system, that everything else economically was fine. Nothing else needed fixing. Let's just go on getting gross. World trade, fantastic. But the financial system reflected everything that, in a sense, is wrong with these two fundamental myth mythologies about growth and uh, trade. And that is that it isn't just the financial system that is broken, but a system that is predicated on debt and more debt and more debt and more debt is doing one crucial thing. The more you borrow to pay for tomorrow, the more you will have to pay tomorrow. That is a simple fact. What we've been doing is spending our legacy. The legacy we would leave to future generations. This earth, this biological system, this wonderful, extraordinary planet. So I could be in favour of Brexit if I were to hear a proper case being made for the possibilities that we might be able to tackle the problems facing the planet, facing our environment, facing deforestation. If we were only to see that, if we were only to see some kind of imaginative thinking about how we would tackle the problems of the planet. But we don't get that. Brexit is not going to be a panacea. And actually things could get much, much worse because we will have to seek trade deals that are probably worse than the ones that we've got now. Ones that will not protect the planet because if we do a deal with Trump on trade deals, the United States will wring from us concessions that we wouldn't even dream of making as members of the European Union. So I have no, I hold no hope that post-Brexit we'll get better deals on the environment. In fact, on the contrary, I think it'll be worse. 
Having said that, what I do think there is, is an opportunity that Trump has created an opportunity by, as it were, throwing a spanner in the wheels of world trade, all for the wrong reasons, all for the simplistic protectionist reasons for the United States economy. If they were for the protection of the planet, then that would be a different matter. That would be something to support. And there would be an opportunity But I don't see that because I don't see the imagination of our politicians, of our political leaders. I don't see them addressing those issues. In fact, on the contrary, while while I'm talking to you, air pollution is still killing hundreds of thousands of children worldwide. That's the dramatic truth of the matter of what we're dealing with, the real problems. Deforestation is occurring as we speak now with No real solution to address it. Increasing demand for goods. I went into the supermarket yesterday and I was looking to, to buy some apples. And every single apple that I looked to buy was being imported. Some of them thousands of miles. Some from South Africa, some from New Zealand uh, and so on. Thousands of miles. Have we really gone stark staring bonkers that we would wreak such damage on our planet by transporting goods? And all we're doing here is exporting pollution. I hear the government say, we're going to meet our targets on pollution, etc., etc. We're going to meet our targets on global warming. Yes, of course, because we're exporting it. We're exporting it to the producing countries that are continuing to pollute and where there are hundreds of thousands of children dying as a result of air pollution. That is the truth of the matter. That is not good trade. That is trade that we should be challenging. But I don't think Britain can challenge it alone. This is one of the reasons why I think that uh, if we really looked to play our real part in the European Union and argue the case on climate, argue the case on the planet, and argue the case on trade, then perhaps, perhaps, with a market of 500,000 people, with the productive potential of Europe, we could address these issues more locally, that we could get more locally grown food uh, and, and stop this dreadful trade that so pollutes our planet, so destroys our forests, so destroys our climate. And um, if I saw that, if I saw that, then I'd happily leave the European Union.